Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the Feely Del Vesuvio podcast. It's been about a couple months that we've been away now. Um, we've been working on, you know, Sereno and I just got busy, uh, me with school, Sereno with work, and we got busy with uh, a couple of things that we were doing with the Napoli Club Toronto. But, you know, that time off, I felt like we needed it. Now we can come back fresh for a new season two giving you guys some more new content and boy is this team giving us some content to talk about yeah this content in the, in the bad in the in the wrong way i mean there's some good things you can talk about too but the 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 negatives just completely outweigh the pros it's like we'll, we'll get into it too we'll, we're going to talk yeah, about we're going to talk about uh we're going to start off with today's match because that's still fresh in my memory and then you know we'll we'll talk a bit more about Napoli's recent recent performances over the last couple of months and then you know we'll get into what our little what what we would like to see happen to the club because I think Sereno and I may have some differing opinions here so said yeah, it if you want if you want to start us off what did you see out of today's game Okay, so okay, easier. So we'll talk about what's fresh. Um, yeah. Today's game, I mean, it, it's it's the typical kind of like Napoli, uh, you know, tale of two halves kind of. Uh, it's happened a few times this season. Um, first half, I mean, they started fantastic. Like I was like, wow, you know, maybe today is going to be Dude, one of those fuck. games. That- Three minutes in, Zielinski makes a run and scores the goal. That was amazing. It was beautiful. I thought I thought we were gonna be like, uh, you know, winning six nothing, or you know, it was gonna be one of those games like the Fiorentina game or like the Dude. like the, uh, the the Genoa game early in the season. I was like, okay, mint. Like, who cares? They they scored two goals. Like, we're good. We're gonna like pummel them. And then as soon as that goal went in, we regressed back to the you know the the you know sitting back and we we let uh, Granada have the ball, all the ball, which. I, I don't understand why, like, you wouldn't just keep keep pressing, you know? Like, this is yeah, a team. Like, We're talking about a team. Like, you're playing a team that, that literally has conceded the most times in La Liga. They're 10th place, and you are sitting back, and you're soaking up pressure. I don't care who's on the Not field. even that, right? You're sitting back. You just scored a goal three minutes into the match. You nice. should have your. You should be putting your 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 knee on their neck from that. They should on. be scared, not us. They, they should, should be scared. Exactly. Scared. You should you should just stay on their neck and just keep pressing forward. Like oh, you scored a goal, but the goal wasn't good enough. They scored two. You needed to exactly. at least score two. I said Napoli to go through today. I knew it. I'm like they have to score four goals. It has to be one of the games that they just go and they kill this team. Because I I I wasn't confident that we weren't going to concede. So I'm like this team, like Gattuso, like in in reality, if 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 I was Gattuso, my game plan would be offense the entire game. We gotta kill these guys because we're probably gonna concede. Like so, yeah. play play on the offensive, which to their credit in the second half, that's what we saw. They did. Yeah. But they should have did it for 90 minutes, man. Play the whole 90 minutes like that. But isn't that or is that isn't that what we do though? Isn't that just Napoli as it is right now? It's yeah. it's just like we'll look good and we looked amazing for ten minutes yeah. in the first half, and when we came out, like we have a we have a group chat on on Twitter, um, uh, not a bunch of Napoli fans got on Twitter. We have a group chat and you know we were talking before the game and some of the guys obviously pessimistic based on our recent form. Um, but I think I came out, I was like, I don't know, man. I have a good feeling. 3 nothing win. And then they come out, they they score that first goal, which is a beautiful wow. goal by Zielinski. That was like that was probably one of the better goals I've seen this season. Granted, Napoli in recent games haven't been getting many goals. But he comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like he comes out, he scores that beautiful Outside the box, left-footed strike, like it was just—it was an amazing goal. 100%. So from from that moment on, I'm thinking, well, shit, these guys have a chance. They needed one more goal to tie to tie the to tie it. That's it. Yeah. If you got that extra goal, that one more goal in that first half, they were they were laughing because they can come out second half. They can play a little bit lighter. They could maybe take it to extra time. You know. 
they had the advantage. Yeah. It was their game to lose. 100%. And they did. And they did. That's the thing. They lost it anyways. Because, like you said, they scored the goal and then they got comfortable. You said, oh, we scored the goal. We only need one more. We have, what? They scored in the, the third game. minute. We, had 80, we have 87 minutes to score a goal. Why not? And guess what? That's when they conceded the goal. And not not like, like me in high school uh, doing an assignment. Uh, yeah, exactly. Last fucking minute. <laughs> exactly. They just sat back. They said, ah. They, they literally had the Neapolitan mentality in the first 10 minutes of the match. Uh, well, whatever happens, happens. We'll, we'll just stay here. Yeah, just Life goes on, right? But no, you can't because Granada is going to be scared now, and they don't want to. They don't want to give up anymore. Oh, they so they're they're going to attack. They're going to press you back, and they 100%. did, and they did, and they did for like thirty minutes, and we barely touched the ball in that half. And then the defending on their goal. Do you have two hours to talk about this? Because Jesus Christ in heaven. What is that? It's called uh, Maximovic and uh, Rahmani. I, I mean, take your pick of the two. The communication is not there. Like, But th- this is like what? This is the third or fourth time since they've been a pairing or since they've played together that that situation has happened, that they've left someone like clear in the fucking box for a goal, for a free header. Sereno, you played soccer, right? You played football. I played football for a little bit. I understand the game. You, we both understand the game at a decent level, enough where we can go out and play ourselves. Oh, when you, sure. when you are, zo- when you are marking zonally, what is the main thing that you should be thinking about? I mean, you got to see who's coming in, and you got to shift, and you got to communication. Communication. Yeah. When the player, when Granada was entering into the box, Romani was marking his man. But his man was pushing into Maximovic's zone. So naturally, and nobody was in Maximovic's zone, by the way. He was just standing there alone. Yeah. So what do you do as a defender? As a center back, you have to yell out. And it's not like there's any fans in the stadium that can block out the noise. You I can don't know. clearly Exactly. You can clearly hear what your guy next to you is saying. You go, hey, man in your zone. He looks behind him. He sees the run in behind. You drop off and you pick up whoever's coming into your end. Like it's it's elementary school but zonal marking. That, I teach this. I teach this to twelve yeah. year olds, and they understand. Oh, you're right. But also, if you look a little bit deeper in that play, um, I, I don't remember. I I I can't pull up the picture right now because I don't know where it is. But Almas. if you look at that shot, Almas. Bakayoko. Not Almas. Okay, Almas could have stopped the cross, but Bakayoko was uh having like a nice uh, leisurely uh, power walk uh, like. You know those old ladies that walk, like uh, with, yeah, with the dogs power walking. Yeah, yeah, that's him coming in. Uh, he didn't track. He could have easily tracked that run. He saw the run coming in, but I don't know. I feel like Bakayoko is like a car with like can go into first gear, second gear, doesn't go into third gear. There's no third, fourth, or fifth fucking gear for Bakayoko. He's so so slow, terrible. See, so that's yeah, you, you, you like, gotta as a midfielder. Like I play CDM, like or usually when I play, you gotta track the fucking run coming in, man. Or you gotta be screaming at your defender. He could have screamed and said, "Hey, he's making the run." Like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it, it's just. It's, it's a lack of communication. Shambles, yeah, I know. It's a lack of communication. That's all it is, and that's all it boils out to. And like, and recent, and we can track this back to recent games too in the past, right? It's one thing, man. You can't it's, just put pin it on one thing. It's, no, it's a, you can't. And like let's go let's go back to our last match against Atalanta, right? Yeah. That was probably the worst match I've ever seen them play. In my opinion. I mean, maybe, yeah, it was a, maybe the Spezia was a match, maybe the, the, the yeah. Genoa match was even worse. But like, if you want to talk about miscommunication. Let's talk about that match at the, because at the back that was the worst match for sure. That was the worst match at the back. Like they couldn't handle Zapata and Muriel for their life. They yeah, couldn't yeah. handle them for their life. They were there was constant miscommunication. They were basically letting Atalanta walk wherever they wanted to. They they were saying, "Here, here's your space on the field. Have fun with it." They like there was there was nothing going on, and this has been going on for months now. And I don't know what's going on behind Honestly, the scenes 
Like, I don't know what's going on in the training field. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But fuck, something's got to change. Something's got to happen. Honestly, honestly, at the back, most of our problems at the back are when Maximovich is on the field in any capacity this season. I agree. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like it could be maybe... Last year he was pretty decent. Like he wasn't bad. It wasn't he wasn't like unwatchable like he is now. I feel like maybe because he's a free agent, maybe he doesn't want to hurt himself and like because he's out of con. Like I don't know what it could like. That, that, I'm just assuming like that could maybe be a reason that like he's playing like kind of like not as uh, aggressive as he he should be. Maybe he's scared to be injured or because he's gonna be like he's not having a contract or you know what I'm saying. Like like I'm sure players think about that. Um, yeah, but, but like, yeah, he, he's terrible, if you're going to be out of a contract, right? And you're right. I have to agree with you. Maximovic has been unwatchable. Romani in a few games has already been doing way better than Maximovic has been doing for basically this entire season. And uh, I feel bad for Rahmani, man. Like, honestly, when he's on with Maximovic, like, we judge him, like, we're judging him harshly. Like, I, I feel like, like, he's, like, kind of, like, he's got to cover for two, for another guy when he's on the field. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, uh, you saw in the second half when it was uh, when they put Gulam on and they switched to the back four, it was like night and day. And then and yeah. then and then they also switched the style of play. The uh, you know we were pressing high, we were we were being more direct. The center backs were the ones who were anchoring the play, not fucking Medet all the way back in, in his own box. Yeah, you know, you you saw Kulibali, you know, ragging the ball and you know distributing it like. Fabian looked like a player again. Like it was beautiful, and that's because we ditched the the Gattuso ball, which I, agree, I think. Yeah. You that's know, what holds us back. Hundred percent. If that that's I think. Oh, listen, I like Gattuso. Don't get me wrong. I like. I love. I love, I love him as a person and as a motivator. He is amazing. And you know what? Even as a tactician, if he actually does that's his homework right really really well, and he has the he makes the right team selection. The team is unstoppable, and we've seen them do it time and time oh, again. Yeah. But he has these moments, like these mental lapses sometimes, that just like make me wonder, like what, how the hell did did you become a professional manager? Sometimes, like the Atalanta game, you never make a switch on a corner. It's like one of the fundamentals of football. You never make a defensive switch on Def- top yeah, of that defending, yeah. on a corner. And he did. And they scored the fourth goal by that. Like, yeah. I, I don't care. Like, even if we tied that match, we deserve to lose anyways. But it's yeah, like moments, it's moments like that that make me think, what the hell is going on? You've lost the plot, man. You need to take a step back and reevaluate. And not only that, right? You can, you can blame him for some of the things tactically. Like, today, what I thought he did, he, he did everything right today, in my opinion. If we look at this match, the Granada match, the 3-4-1-2, I enjoyed. I thought it was a really good formation to use. It looked more attacking. Um, Politano, Insigne, and Zielinski looked really threatening as a front three. Kind of reminded me of Lavezzi, Hamsi, Cavani, to be honest with you. Like, in the way in which... Yeah, in ways in which they're attacking. So, like, in, in today's aspect, this wasn't... Gattuso's fault. I don't even think it was the players' fault. Like I think everything went well. We just didn't get the result we needed. We played I, well. I, like to be honest, we did we play played well. well. But honestly, that 30, 40 minute spell, like where they that's what killed us. Back, that's that what killed, killed us. Them. Yeah. Like during that time, there was no intent, and even during the game, like you, honestly, bro, like I, I, I get like you can say like maybe there's no blame, like and and I give Gattuso the benefit of the doubt, and I I know it's not just Gattuso. The players gotta gotta care, but like, I, I was really rattled after the game because, you know, uh, Gattuso came out and said, oh, you know, like, I'm proud of my players. Like, it's like, honestly, like, you're proud? Like, no, say, hey, you know, hey, we're sorry. We messed up. We messed up the first leg. We should have got tried to get an away goal. We shouldn't have conceded those two goals the way we did. Um, like, Napoli, like, like what are we? Like, uh, like a little, we're, like, you know, I think that we're, we're a big team in Italy. Like, it. For us, it should be unacceptable to to be crashing out of the Europa League in the round of 32 to a team that's never played in Europe. I think that that's unacceptable. I don't think your head coach should be coming out and and applauding the team that didn't put in a full 90 minutes of effort, in my opinion. 
I think he's, if he's a legit, you know, guy, like, which I'm not saying he's not a legit guy. I'm just saying, like, 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 a, I would have liked to see Gattuso come out and say, hey, you know, um, we're disappointed. We, uh, I'm disappointed in the result, and you know, I'm sorry to the fans for you know this, but you know, we're trying. I don't know something along those lines. Like, I didn't like how he came out and said, you know, I'm proud of the team, and you know, tactically, yeah, like he, he got it right in the second half. Uh, and first half flashes, but obviously the team, you saw, they lacked the intensity during those 20, 30 minutes, and that kind of uh, screwed us over. Um, yeah, m- more than that, I don't know what I can say about today. Like I, that, that that was the main thing that kind of, you know, pissed me off. Like, Napoli, I feel like we have to have a more of a mentality that we, we should be beating these teams. And if we don't beat them, we should be disappointed. And even with injuries, like, the quality that we had on the field, you saw. We could do stuff with it, like... That's not an excuse. Like I know, like we have players out, but the players that we have on the field are more than capable of getting a yeah. result against the tenth place, worst defensive record team in La Liga. Doesn't doesn't look well on us as a team. Doesn't look well on Serie A as a league. Uh, like you know, being content with results like this is it's not not a good look. I didn't like that at all, to be honest. I mean, yeah, but at the at the same time, right? He's just trying to weather the storm that's already happening. I, I know. Like I know, but you got to take responsibility, man. I think they do. I think they. I think they do. I just this team is already mentally shot, and I think coming out like that only does more damage to their mentality, right? So I think. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I, I get like as a as from our point of view, that's what we would like to see, right? But from his point of view, he's just trying to make. He's just trying to find a silver lining in it. He's trying to take the positives out of what he saw today and trying to build on that, which, yes, it makes sense. And I I can agree with that in some aspects. But in the same way, I agree with you. Listen, to me, in front of media, I think that's probably the best way to go about it was to say that it's, oh, yeah, we did well today. I'm proud of the players, yada, yada, yada. But when you get to the dressing room and when you get to the training field – you gotta let them know. You gotta let them know, guys. That wasn't that wasn't good enough. As 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 good as we played, and listen, they played well, and they should have had at least five goals, to my counting, yeah. at least five goals. Easily, easily, hundred percent. When you get to the training ground, and even after you come out and saying I was proud of you, you have to keep them grounded. You have to let them know. So you gotta rip into them sometimes. That guys. Even though I said that, and yeah, I am proud of you. It wasn't good enough. You got to be better. But at the same time, every match we lose, that excuse always just comes out. It's not an excuse, but he always says the same thing. It's like a broken record. Yeah. And you can never get better if you don't criticize yourself every once in a while. 100%. Like at, at the, at the, after the Atalanta match, doesn't he come out? And this one really pissed. If you want to talk about ones that pissed you off, this one really pissed me off. After the Atalanta match, he comes out and he says, if it was another team, they would have had four or five goals of something more, like five, six goals put against them. But what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Another team didn't play that match. You played that match, and you you lost that bad. That's why. I don't like that he's deflecting, man. Don't deflect. Like, in situations like that, I could agree with. But in, in, in today, specifically, if they played well, and you come out and said I w- I wasn't satisfied with how they played, or we need to be better. Yeah, they do need to be better. But in front of media, you have to try to weather the storm and make it seem uh, try to pull out the positives in the match. You have to be kind of like a yes man every once in a while. I guess. But like yeah, I said, that's fair. When when the when you get to the training ground, and I don't think this happens either, as much as it should. When they get to the training ground, or in the locker room. He's got to rip into them every once in a while, especially after matches know. like especially after matches like Genoa, Spezia, uh, Atalanta. What's another bad match? Um, but I mean, okay, say he say he does rip into them. What changed? What changed? Nothing. Like nothing. So I don't know that uh, that's not like I know he got, there's injuries and things like that, and, and and not for anything. Another thing that frustrates me is that it's like this team has no IQ of like how they play. Like, let me elaborate. Um, like today, the way we were playing, um, with the you know more direct, uh, playing balls through to run in on. When we had a player or a striker like Ozzyman on, not for anything, I know he's coming off an injury. 
They never did that for him. He's the perfect player to play into space, and they would never play him into space. They'd play him as a holdup. But then when you had a Patania, when you would when, when Patania was playing, they'd play they'd play Patania into space, and he can't run as fast. It's like they play like like opposite. They, they play opposite. Like it's so frustrating. That, like, and that's when I have my. That's why I'm wearing my grievances with with Gattuso. Like you should be telling them, hey, when when Patania's on, play him to hold it up. When Ozyman's on, play him into space. He's fast. And you know what? Like, let's okay, let's let's switch gears a bit and talk about Ozyman in specific because that guy is not getting. He is getting ripped into when he shouldn't, in my opinion. I know. I he should not be. I see all over social media. We spent seventy million dollars on a striker for for a guy who can't run, a guy who can't finish, a guy who can't yada yada yada. yada. The guys play. Give him a break. Look at how this team plays. How yeah, can like, one striker make up unless you're Lionel Messi? Exactly. You cannot do anything about that. And even Messi can't even do anything about yeah, it right now. Exactly. At Barcelona, it's basically Messi versus the world. At Napoli, Ozyman can't do anything. And maybe his brother was right when he came out with that quote. Napoli doesn't play for the striker. And they don't sometimes. Everyone they don't play for the right striker. They don't exactly. play like the right style for the for the striker. But even sometimes they don't play for the striker because Napoli, I don't know, some of the players like to go for the spectacular, i.e. Insigne and Politano most of all oh, of the time. Politano <laughs> pissed me off, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. They always try to go for the spectacular, trying to go for those fancy curled shots top. No, make the easy play. Pass it off, lay it off, put yeah, a ball in. Right. right? Why don't they ever run into the box? Like, switch it up. Like, throw a curveball. Try to make a run into the box. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you lose the ball. Best case scenario, you score. Maybe they, yeah. you get maybe you get fouled and there's a penalty. Like, we talk about penalties all the time. We talk about Milan always getting penalties. But watch Milan play. They're they always in the box. The ball in the always box. in the box. Where are you going to score from? You're going to score from outside the box? Sometimes, yeah, you will. But most of the time, you're going to score from inside the box. That's where you're going to have the best opportunities to score. Like, yeah. And you saw it in the first... Two minutes, Napoli made a run to the box. And Maybe something happened, and they scored. Yeah, that's every now and then you gotta just put a cross in, but you know, just put the ball in the dangerous area. You can't play on the outside all the time. But that brings me to my point. They tried to go for the spectacular, and when you have a striker who can make something happen, but you are too busy trying to go for the spectacular, you eliminate him out of the play. What's he gonna do? And then not only that, in the games that Oziman did play, Oziman was rusty. He coming off an injury. He's only played ten games in Serie A. He's twenty-one years. I'm older than him. He's twenty-one years old. Like, and he's playing in a whole different league. That, Just had that, COVID. Yeah. yeah, and he's playing in a league that, let's be honest, this isn't the French league anymore. This league, this league requires you to know how to play. And yeah, let's let's get this out of the way. Ozyman is rough. He's a raw player. 100%. He, he isn't he isn't that great yet. He's good. He has the potential to be fantastic, but he isn't there yet. He needs to build he's, on that. He is a top ten prospect though. Like he a, is a striker, hundred percent. He's got all the all the tools to like become like prolific, like to be like one of the best strikers in the world. But I mind agree. you, you know you can't cruci- like these guys are crucifying him. The guys haven't played since October. He had. He's been in, injury riddled, COVID, uh, you know, uh, and then he's. It's not like he's coming back to a Napoli that's humming. We're literally no. in a crisis right now. Uh, and then look at Lozano last year. Lozano was being crucified, and the whole time, all last season, I was saying, guys, give Lozano time. Lozano's a player. Oh no, he's the new Vargas. He's Vargas 2.0. This no. Now this year, look, he's the, he's our best player. Without him, like, you know, we struggle even more. Yeah, you know, I agree. Something, some like Napoli fans, like I'm sure every team has fans like this, but like they, they, they gotta like you know take a step back and really like look at things instead of being so emotional, right? Like, and I yeah. get emotional too, but you know, oh, hey. like lo- logic has to prevail at some point, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Especially like, with your, your your striker, like you you invested heavily in him, you want to start uh, you know crucifying him, criticizing him, making him lose his confidence. It's like we're killing ourselves, you know? Exactly. And I think that's sometimes our worst enemy is ourselves. 100%. And this goes for this goes for the team too. The worst enemy is themselves. 
Like I said it, I said it, uh, what podcast were we on? Um, three culture tears, three culture tears, right? Yeah. Three culture tears. I went on a whole segment on how this team since 2018 has never mentally recovered from that school that to run when, when they lost it. I think personally to me, the core players never mentally recovered from that school that to loss. And that always holds them back a little bit. I think I, that's, that's what happens for the most part. I and agree. that, and that spreads out throughout the locker room and that causes other new signings to also lose some of their confidence as well. Like it doesn't, it's not prevalent where every game they're dreading, but there's moments when they, there's, when they make decisions on the field, there is moments where they second guess themselves. They hesitate. They think maybe if, maybe it's probably best if I choose this option over this option but sometimes the other thing, the other option that they were thinking was probably the best in that yeah. scenario. Now, let, don't give me this is this is Monday morning quarterbacking where we are watching this outside of the game, yeah, and exactly. we're watching this hours after the game has happened. Like in game time, yeah, mistakes happen, but professional players who have been playing for a while now, this should be automatic. To yeah, them. they should have that instinct. They should have that instinct. No, I agree with you. Um, I think I think that's a that's a thing. Like, yeah, like the the core players have the mentality issue, but also since that year that we like um, came close for the Scudetto, we lost a lot of really. I feel like this team, like, don't get me wrong, I love Insigne. Like, he's a, I think he's a good captain. But I feel like this team is lacking, like, somewhat. Like, it, it's not grounded. It's not a grounded team. So, like, when we had that team in 2017, you had Albiol, like, kind of grounded Kudibali. You had uh, uh, Reina, who was a big voice in the in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even Caleon was like, you know, a, even though we we rag on him a lot, like he was, you know, a veteran voice and and like cared to like he was like, you know, like a big voice in the room. Yeah. You had a Jorginho who was like a you know easygoing, fun-loving guy who kind of kept the mood light. Like yeah, he lost a lot of uh, a lot of um a lot of like the big voices in the dressing room, um, and I don't think they've yeah. been. Re- really replaced like i feel like we don't have a, a a team that's like like this and back then we had a team that was like this so i don't but like what changes then how do you make that change in the dressing room to me one one thing that i have in mind is bring back Hamsik. i would love that why bring not back Hamsik. he wants to come back to europe don't let him go to moscow why not bring them back here He's off the bench I take Hamzik off the bench over um Gigi D'Alessio. Uh, oh my uh, god! Like, come on, with his dad body, come on. Manjadore di Baba over there. This guy, this guy went to Napoli just to eat. I swear to God, for <laughs> the pizza. I okay, like you want to talk about failed signings? Don't look at Oziman. Look yeah. at Lobotka. That guy is brutal to watch. Bro, he looked like me on the field. Like if you put me in a kit, you'd get the same results. <laughs> most Kappa, most Kappa slim fits don't really fucking do him justice, eh? Not at uh, all. But but he doesn't do himself justice either. Like uh, that clip, uh, that clip in the first leg against Granada, where <laughs> it makes me laugh because like I I don't know secondhand embarrassment. Uh, Mr. Clean, uh, referee, uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally burnt him on the way back on the counter. <laughs> I mean, know, this guy, he was, it's not like he was just jogging. He was trying to get back in the play. And as he's like sprinting, you see the referee just passing him like, like, like Usain Bolt in the 100 meter dash. And I'm like, wow, 20 million euros for this guy. That energy was the same as today when Reno was yelling at Fabian to not walk. Meanwhile, he's in a mid-jog running back. Fabian, Fabian runs like, I don't know, like like my nonna. Like if, like, I, actually, I think my uh, nonna probably runs a little bit better than Fabian. He runs like he has like, I don't know, something up his ass. Like, right? yeah, or, he has, know, or he has to go to the washroom or something. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, as we were saying, like, if there's people to write, like there's s- specific players to rag on, Lobotka can for me is definitely one of them. Um, Hizai is definitely one of them. Um, 
but like players like Oziman, you can't, you have to give them the time. And you know, when the summer comes, and we're gonna get into this now for a little bit, the changes we want to see. When the summer comes, you gotta start trimming the fat immediately. 100%. You can't. You have to start trimming the fat. You have to. Get, in my opinion, his eyes gotta go. In my opinion, he's out of contract, isn't he? Oh, is he out of contract? Even better. And he doesn't want to resign either, right? Nope. Perfect. Out of the out of the question. lobotka has got to go. He's got to leave. Yeah, Lobotka, you're gonna lose money on, but. I mean, count your losses at that point. Like it, it is what it is. But I mean, I I'd sell him for even if it fifteen or ten, uh, and like take Kamzik on a free. That's a that's a good replacement. Exactly. Yeah, like you got you count your losses for some players, but the main changes that I would like to see. And the thing, I, I, the changes that I think would probably benefit this team greatly, and it, the the changes aren't going to be quick. I said this before. I had a whole rant on the Calcutiers podcast too, where I went like 15, 20 minutes on the things that needed to be changed. But long story short, I'm going to give you a sparks note version of what I said. One of the main things that have to change is our infrastructure. That's like our infrastructure's got to it's got to be revamped. You got to terrible, man. Right yeah, and it's like it's terrible. And if you want to be successful in the modern day of football, you have to you have to progress with the times. We're stuck ten years ago. Teams are flying past us. Hundred percent. When you see teams like Atalanta starting to make crazy pushes, where ten years ago, I mean, we were playing in Serie B, not too long ago either. New stadium being competitive in most competitions, like, you got to take a step back and think, dude, what are we doing wrong? Dude, there's Serie B teams. What, what's the Serie C team, uh, Serie, C, Serie C team that um, they they just, they're building a new stadium and a new training facility. Yeah, like, so I can't We're remember. getting passed by Serie B teams, like, uh, honestly, like, infrastructure-wise. Like, you want to attract big players or you want to, like, become a big team, your Primavera's got to be way better. Yeah, and your facilities got to be way better. Yeah, like, there's got to be a, a commitment. But main but, thing is Primavera, hundred percent. They got to work on that. Well, facility, like yeah, Primavera is something they got to work on. Like their Primavera squad just got relegated last season. A Primavera squad getting relegated to Serie B, and they're in six and Serie B. Primavera, like come on, that's unacceptable. That's that terrible. that is unacceptable. And like to talk about the facilities. Castel Volturno is like a Serie B training ground, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like you don't you don't go to Milanello and you see what you see at Castel Volturno. Like this is it's like it's night and day. To be a successful club, to be one of the top teams, you have to make a change in infrastructure. Sporting director, I, I can like sporting director Juntoli should have been fired yesterday, in my opinion. And He's the number one person. You want to talk about getting mad at players? Get mad at the guy who fucking signed those guys, man. Like who made those deals? Ozyman. Ozyman is a is a gonna be a. I think he's gonna be a great player. Mind yeah. you, I think he over. Like, we overpaid a little bit for him, to be honest. Like, I mean, get, like he has like, the potential to really pay. He back. does. He does. But I don't think he was worth seventy. Maybe fifty, fifty-five. Okay. I think you overpaid a little bit, but you know, definitely you overpaid on Lobotka. You, there's so many signings that that we that we fluffed on, which we used to be a team that used to make smart signings. Now it's like, whoa, woof. Like, well, whatever. that's because we don't have a scouting system either. That that's it too. We don't have a scouting system either. Now, like the first change. Okay, let's go back to this for a second. Let's go back to Juntoli. All right, get him out. He, like to me, should have been fired yesterday. Hundred percent. Benitez, Rafa Benitez is finished as a manager. I, I maybe he could manage some like smaller sides, mid table sides. Yeah. But give Benitez the role of sporting director. Look at who we signed under him: Koulibaly, Mertens, Calejon, Higuain. Yeah. Staple. He literally started our cycle. He started he the cycle. Started our cycle. Literally staples to the club. Top players, Pepe Reina. Bring him as a sporting director. He has a talent for an. He has an eye for talent. Hundred percent. But not only talent. He he he. I think he, I saw an interview not too long ago where he talked about 
how when he when he bought players, he he also he said like I got Arena like or I got Albiol because I knew Koulibaly like I, Albiol like had to be talking to Koulibaly like he paired yeah. like he did good at like bringing in voices or like mentors for these young yeah. players at, that would like you know like I said you you build that group that becomes kind of cohesive. Um, you got to see. I, I would love him as a as a as a sporting director, but you got to see if he's want, if he's open to taking that role. If he is, hundred percent, you do. I it. mean, what's him coming in as a sporting director? I mean, what has he got to lose? Maybe he wants to still coach. I mean, maybe yeah, but at some point, something's got to give. Why not try a new path, right? Maybe, maybe, he might be open for maybe he's like you make him an offer he can't refuse sort of deal yeah to be a sporting director yeah. so like like to me changing sporting directors is number one on the list because we're going to be in a rebuild 100%. That, this is what it is it might be a soft it might be a soft rebuild like we might just like you said trim the yeah. fat try to retool we're, we're not, yeah. not going to be like terrible like bottom mid table side rebuild we're going to be like a competitive sort of rebuild side, but we're going to be in a rebuild. Yeah. Second thing is coaches. Like right now, Gattuso has to stay. 100%. Right now, he has to stay. Unless unless we, we, unless we're going to set it B almost, like actually. like then, yeah. yeah. Which I don't think – I don't want to knock on wood. I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen, but – Unless they're it, winning games, man. Exactly. But now there, there is really no excuse. You're out of all competitions. Focus on getting the, the top four. Well, top but four would be huge. Exactly. Huge. And we're not huge. that far off either. We're like four points, five points off the top four. You With, make a run, man. Exactly. There, there's still time in the season. They can probably make top four, knock on wood. But when the summer comes, I don't care if we make top four. He's got to go. He's, he's got to leave. There's no way around it. And you know who you bring in? I know you're going to say Sarri, and I'm going to say no to that right away. Bring in Juric. Bring in uh, Allegri. Those are my two top names, Juric and Allegri. Sarri is not a bad idea. And today I think we just heard in a group chat Zola, Gianfranco Zola, which I'm that's iffy about. An outside, that's an outside chance. Outside but, I mean, he's, co- he's coached. And and yeah. I like that he's he's a like a Napoli like kind of legend like you know um, yeah but so. the thing is he hasn't been successful in being a coach himself he's successful under Sarri he's a, that's the thing he's successful under Sarri he won a European but Championship with Sarri maybe we bring them back together Sarri <sighs> and and, uh, and Zola together the thing is like we've been there and done that already why are we but I mean look with I would love Sadi back, man. Sadi's exactly you said it. He won a European Championship. I know we hate Juve, but you know he's 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 more experienced now. Like you know, what I'm saying he's a little bit more seasoned as a coach. Like he's got that European experience. He, you know, maybe in certain areas where he wasn't as good before, like those two tied like knockoff games. Like he's you know learned how to prepare for those better. Like you know, you're talking but, about a more experienced coach now. But the thing is, like Sadi, when he was here, he had his resources. He had everything, like the team, the resource. He had everything, and he still couldn't do it, man. So we're gonna go back to him now. Why? I mean, What's not really. Team? He didn't. He didn't really like. Like he, he, there was players and signings that he wanted, like especially like in January when we were about to win the Scudetto. Like we, for some reason, we couldn't sign a Politano or we couldn't sign. Juntoli, like a... don't get me started. But oh yeah, on. okay, that's that could be Juntoli too. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, like maybe if we make those signings, we win the Scudetto. Like you know, you gotta. But squad rotation was another thing. He never rotated the squad. Like right now, the squad that Napoli has is way better than – well, no, I don't want to say way better. But on paper, they have a way deeper squad than they did in 2017. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'd say that too. Yeah, but like I don't know, man. I'm just iffy on it because I'm, I'm in the mindset that you have to move on. You have to apply – you have to get something new, someone fresh in again. And I think Joric, what he's doing with Verona, if he can do that with Verona, what could he do with a, like a very good side? He reminds me of Sadi Joric. Like, In a uh, way, yeah. Like, you know, Sadi was with Empoli, but you know, 
yeah, like they're they're very similar. But yeah, I would like a Juric as a like compared to like an Allegri, even though an Allegri, yes, he's like really, you know, experienced at winning the Scudetto and things like that. But I feel like a team like Napoli, like to build our brand, and you're talking about modern football, you you want a modern coach that's uh, more offensive minded. You know, you want to have a team that's more focused on you know scoring goals and things like that like it but isn't of, that Juric? Juric does that Juric, first yeah, well. no, no, Juric, that's what i'm saying oh, okay, like, yeah, okay. i was saying as opposed to an allegri I would, I would like i would rather have like a Juric. see like the reason why i like allegri because he has the experience right allegri has the experience he's won six scudetti like that's that's pretty significant to me like he knows how to win you're talking but, about a team that even Anybody could could have coached Juve during those seasons and probably won the Scudetto, man. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Like, a change has to be seen for sure in coaching. If I'm bringing players in left back immediately, by the way, we want to talk about left backs. Let's talk about Gulam today. Fantastic. Who is? I've been saying it for months, and I even got crucified for saying Gulam is be, our man. still Gulam is our best left back. Mario Rui. Mario Rui has in-betweens. He can either play like Maradona in some games. And like a couple of games he has, he's been amazing. But there's some games where he plays like Rui Mario. Like that's, that's how he plays. There's no in-between with him. You exactly. need a consistent left back. Maybe him coming off the bench is fine. But you need someone more consistent. You need to bring in a left back immediately. Hundred percent. I honestly, I would keep Gulam. I like Gulam. I like Gulam a lot, to be honest. I do. A, I think he's a like. I, I don't know why they haven't like. You gotta like. I get like he was injured and maybe he's not fully fit. But the only re- way he can get fit is, is if he plays by, by playing. And yeah. you saw today he he can play, man. He can put in a shift still. Like he. I, I don't. I don't know why. Like if he if he could put like if he plays like this, like what what's holding Gattuso back from from rotating him into the squad? Rather than playing the side as a left back, that it's not a natural position. He said he can't play football, period, and then he decides to play in an unnatural position to him. Like, it doesn't make sense, but... That's where I have my problems with Gattuso sometimes, man. Yeah, like like I said, team selection. And, you know, at the end of the season, he's going to stay the course, and I want him to, because you change managers now, there's no point. It, the season is a couple months out from being finished anyways. Just let him let him focus on getting top four. But when the time comes, heads have to roll. And his head has to roll. Jutli's head has to roll. A bunch of players, their head has to roll. And I, I'm also seeing, like, getting rid of players like Insigne and Koulibaly. But are you crazy? No. You keep those guys. You get I rid mean, of them? Listen, you get rid of them, you have nobody left in the locker room. No, literally. I feel like some like I feel like Insigne, Koulibaly... And Mertens are like the only players with character right now on the team. Yeah, these those guys are not expendable. I don't care what money is coming in. I feel like, well, yeah, I, if we get Champions League, like that'll that'll help us maybe be able to keep some of them. You're not gonna get what you could have for Koulibaly, so no. I don't understand what the whole point of selling him is. If if he wants to stay with Napoli, he might as well just stay with Napoli at this point. Exactly. Like you're not you're not gonna get seventy. 60 you maybe get 40 million if you're lucky is it worth it like you're gonna no. look at the player you're losing exactly. like you're not only losing a good defender you're gonna be losing a uh you're gonna be losing a big voice and a big character yeah. um, exactly you know a fabian maybe you might you might want to sell um the fat yeah. you want to trim like yeah i feel like fabian is maybe a, like an expendable player like i maybe. i feel like he is too like fabian i think if 40 50 million comes in for him i'm taking it yeah, like, but I, I'll I mean, take it. You could also hold on to him. I don't know when his contract expires. Maybe he, you know, maybe he starts performing better. Like he is a he is a good young player to maybe build around. But we know that he probably would want to play in Spain. So if one of those big big Spain, uh, you know, the Barcelona or like Real Madrid come for him, maybe they'll pay sixty five yeah. seventy for him and sold. I would sell yeah. him right away. And then I agree. Invest. Uh, <clears throat> We have to reinvest in the midfield because our midfield is terrible. Absolutely. I mean, terrible. we like if you look at today's Other match. Than if you look at today's match, there was moments where it was literally just Zielinski trying to make something happen. Like Fabian played well, Bakayoko. Flashes, but like flashes of uh, terrible. Like Bakayoko, too. Bakayoko. I think he's got to go too, man. He's just. Oh yeah. He's just not. He can't complete a five-four pass. Uh, 
You're a cent- he's, he can't complete a five-foot pass, and he's a CDM who doesn't know how to defend. And he gets carded every single game. Like, he's a liability on the field. He's bad, man. I don't know. And he's good to those Pat, man. I don't know. Like, he's That's why he plays all the time. I don't Demme, know. Demme is what, uh, the midfielder. I would I would keep Demme. For Demme sure. is probably our best midfielder 100%. after Zielinski. Demme and Zielinski. You need someone else to play with them. It could be Fabian if we, you know, if maybe our new coach comes in and plays a 4-3-3. And yeah. You got to also see if we're going to get a new DS and a new, and a new um, coach. Maybe the coach says, hey, if I'm coming here, I need these players to stay. I, you know what I'm saying? Like they could have yeah. those uh, those demands before they would sign. So, you know, there's a lot of X factors, right? Um, everything's just speculation at this point. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot of fat that has to be trimmed. Um, I, let's just, I'm just hoping for the best for the rest of the season. And, you know, top four is our priority now. You have to hit top four. Yeah. No matter what, like, you've lost all your competitions and you can't miss out on another Champions League. You yeah. need that money. You need that money. You need especially that Champions with, League money. With the, especially with the stadiums empty. Like, yeah. I don't know how much more longer they'll be empty for. Maybe we'll start seeing some fans by the end of the season. Yeah. But you need, yeah, you need that for revenue. Like, I, and, I also, and also, if you want to attract players to the team, yeah. your project, it's easier if you have Champions League for them to compete. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Uh, before we close it out here, what do you think you're gonna see in the near future for Napoli? Um, near future, I mean, now Gattuso has no excuses. I don't think Gattuso is gonna be fired unless if if we continue playing terribly and like you know we start like getting real low in the standings, then you might see an intervention from uh, De Laurentiis. But uh, no, now there's no excuse for Gattuso. I know I know you have injuries, but it looks like some injuries starting to come back. You talked about we have to play every three days. Now you have some time in between to rest players and and to prepare better for games. So um, now we're gonna see if uh, if he can save the season and get us the top four because there's really no excuses. Like you 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 you're gonna have the time to prepare for games better. So I agree. Um, you know, fingers I, crossed. From here on out, man. Like there's you have to put everything everything you have. Into the top four, and you know what? Else. This team plays their best when Gattuso's name is on the line. Play like that every game. I know. Play like that every I, game. I, I wish they they would just play like that automatically, but yeah, I mean, seems like they need a little bit of a push. Yeah, exactly. Play like that every game. Like his name, like it's your last game. Everything's on the line. Top four has to happen, and I, I, I don't care about anything. Injuries, COVID, I don't care. Get Top four has to be done. That is that is all I have to say. Like, you took the words out of my mouth. I agree with everything you just said right now. I'm just going to reiterate it one more time. You're out of all competitions. Top four is your priority. You need to hit that goal. There's no way around it. But, you know, for us, the season is a hundred percent. It's already, it's already a 75% failure right now. Yeah. Your exactly. season is going to be a hundred percent failure. Like you exactly. have, uh, have nothing good to take off from the season. At least the European competition next, next year has to happen. doesn't matter what European, uh, preferably Champions League. It has to be Champions League. Happy, yeah. it has even to be if Champions it's, Euro- League, even if it's Europa League, I won't be happy. I won't be happy either, but you need some form of European competition. To me, I want Champions League. There's no excuse about it. But even if they get Europa League, I can be okay maybe one more year of Europa, but next season you have to be champions. I'm, I'm going to go off the grid with, with what you're saying. I'd rather have Champions League or nothing. You know, Say you get Champions League, you get the revenue from it, you're playing in a big competition, it's good for a big team. Say if Napoli doesn't make Champions League or Europa League, because honestly, I think Europa League is like a not a waste of time, but it's like a whatever competition. Yeah. Yeah, you'll lose some money, but at least next season, if Napoli's serious, like not serious, like you know, no, like if Napoli's like does things the right way, you may have a, a little bit of an opportunity to win maybe a scudetto. Like I, in you know, you you would only have Serie A to focus on. So maybe. I feel like if it's not Champions League. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing. I feel like that, that, that's my opinion. I feel like Europa League is yeah. it's European soccer, but it's, no one really cares. Like you know. Yeah, like th- something you have to you have to for you have to play you have to play for Champions League. That's all I'm saying. Is this team has to play for Champions League? That's that's all it comes down to. That's the goal. And 
that's the goal. At the end of the day, no matter what happens, this team has to give it their all from, from here on out. And especially if they know that some guys, that's their last year, Gattuso's not going to be there anymore. You have to take these factors and not use it as a negative, but use it as a positive and go out there and want to play and want to compete. You're, and try, want you're to trying out. You want, exactly. It's a tryout every single game from now on. So they, they just got to go out there. Like today they lost, but they lost with a fight. I can accept that. I respect that. that. I respect it. Do it every game. Try to do it every game. Do the best you can to do it every game. It I want to see a team with fight in them. I don't want to see a team that lays down and rolls all over. That's not that's not Napoli. That's not who we are. No. That's not our identity. We don't lay We've down. Never been like that. We've never been a team like that, man. Like I, even Napoli, like with less less quality in the team or in the squad, I should say, um, they would never go down without a fight. You saw heart. Like I, exactly. I want to see the team care. Like give their all and at least exactly. you know if you give your all and you lose you know we, we won't have no problems with that yeah like today yeah, i don't think they, there was anyone don't do it on a consistent basis man that's, a that's all that's all you need that's all we ask for and this is just us talking as fans now that's all we ask for go out there and try put your effort into it i don't want to see a team that comes out and passes the ball for 90 minutes not making an effort to try and win a game I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that and shit. I want to see exactly. Effort. I want to see consistency. And, and then I'm happy. Frust- exactly, and it's frustrating because this is a team that we know that if they played even anywhere close to their potential, like the players I'm talking about, we have a good quality team. Like, like they're just under underwhelming. They're underperforming. I agree, man. So you gotta give it your all, man. I agree. And all right, it's I think. The- I got nothing else to say for tonight, man. Uh, it's just—it's been a long day. Um, that's got to be the mo for the rest of the season, man. Just give it, gotta yeah, give it your all, man. Gotta the give a shit meter has to be way higher, way like it was in the second half today. It's gotta be—it's gotta be higher. That every game. It's that, be that every game. 100%. Listen, I, I, I think that's all we have for today. That's all. I think we've covered everything we need to. Um, we're gonna be back. Fili De Vesuvio is gonna be back. We're going to try to do one weekly, bi-weekly. We'll see how our schedules try to work out. Um, we're not going to be as cons- – we're, we're going to be consistent, but, you know, sometimes depending on how, you know, our schedules work out, uh, we'll try to do one weekly. If not, it's going to be bi-weekly for sure. Um, this is the season two. This is our, reva- our, our, our coming back. Ideally for season two, we were supposed to be recording together. And a setup that we had going, but COVID. 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 Um, but, you know, things, at least here in Toronto, are starting to look better. So maybe in season two, you will see that setup come up shortly, hopefully. Fingers crossed Fingers that crossed. everything goes well. But um, with this being said, thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out. Um, follow us on Twitter uh, on Twitter for Feedly Devil Podcast. And Napoli Club Toronto on Twitter and um, and Instagram, and just stay safe and forza Napoli sempre. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Ciao, guys.